thank you for doing the bare minimum. Like, oh, you shouldn't call people hoes. Gold star. Ever since Jake came on the podcast last week and mocked the way that we said that, I'm like very conscious of it. I know. I feel like (laughs) I should say something else. Just be like, Bachelor Monday, like just random shit. It's fine. Correct. So guys, we have some exciting um, podcast updates. The first of which, and frankly, the most important of which is that I am no longer doing the whole 30 and therefore I am fun again. So... Cheers. If you saw on our Instagram story, we did make a drinking game in Kayla's honor. Um, I didn't really follow it because I just consistently drink the entire time. This show exhausts me. But if you did follow it, you probably got fucked up because some of those rules were crazy cuckoo bananas. We saw a lot of that shit tonight. You'd be wasted. Yeah, no, I just kept consistently drinking my White Claw because like I really can't express how much I missed her. So I was just really reuniting with White Claw, which honestly like numbed the pain a little bit. And the other exciting update is that we have someone new joining our team here at Don't Insult My Intelligence, our fabulous new editor, Adam. Thank you, Adam, for making us not sound like absolute shitheads, hopefully. Well, we'll see. It's a a lofty bill. (laughs) There's only so much editing can do to prevent us from sounding like garbage trash cans. Um, So that's fine. Hey, we can't sound worse than the girls on this show. So, I mean, we really cannot. So anyway, we're thankful for you. And I hope that you edit us to sound good. And And his girlfriend is a fabulous listener of this podcast. So we just love them all around. So exciting. Big fans of that. Big fans. So... Speaking of things we're not big fans of, um, well, we were talking about things we are big fans of, so that wasn't a great segue, but speaking of something I'm not a big fan of, we kick off this episode with Anna talking about how she's above people in the house because now there's people that he's like more or like he knows less than her. I don't even remember what her context was. She literally just looked at the camera and goes, and now I feel like I'm like above people. And she shows up and she's like, I'm better than everyone. And then it gets out that Brittany goes to talk to Matt at the rose ceremony cocktail party. And it's like, girls have been bullying me in the house. And she names people. And then it gets out to the other girls that they have been named. And Anna is like fearful for her fucking life because she knows she's in the wrong. Yeah, for sure. She saw her life flash before her eyes, but also something really heartbreaking because like, yes, we watch the show and we recap the show and we talk about it, but like, we're just millennials with cell phones. Like we're not, our opinions of Britney don't necessarily affect Britney, but like when she was talking to Matt about how her like mom watches the show and like how these kinds of rumors that we start about these people, like, oh, she's an escort, whatever, like that follows people like people's parents watch the show people's grandparents watch the show not that there's anything to be ashamed of with sex work but at the same time it's like that's genuinely not what she does so it's like why like why why so I really right. did feel for her when she was talking about how her mom watches the show and stuff like that yeah very emotional conversation and as we've said a billion times even if she did there wouldn't be anything wrong with it but it's sensitive and it's something like 
no matter what you do. If I was a farmer, I wouldn't want my parents to find out I was a farmer by watching me on a TV show. Yeah. Like, it was not fair to her that this was like out, quote unquote, outed on television. Yeah. And it was something that wasn't even true about her. Right. So then we get a moment of Anna looking at the camera and her little in the moment. And she says that something she said that she's so upset that something she said in an isolated incident is getting so blown out of proportion. Meanwhile, we have footage of her saying it 19 different times in six different outfits to nine different producers. She literally was like, I mean, it was something I said so offhandedly. And I was like, you pointedly said it to so many people. You said it and then you confronted other girls about it. And then the girls that you confronted originally confronted other girls about it. Like everybody was talking about this. It was not offhanded. And I think that Matt, I mean, we know, I mean, well, he's still a man. So there's still like a knowledge gap, but Matt in terms of men is a smart man. And like, you could totally tell that he could see through her bullshit when she was talking to him about it. That's why he sent her home. Like MJ, he believed in her character enough to keep her through that rose ceremony, which we'll get to later. But like Anna, you could tell he was just immediately seeing through her bullshit. And she is exactly the type of girl and this is not me trying to shit on women because I, I hate guys that do this too, but I hate people who change their personality entirely in front of the person that they are interested in. At the end of the day, if she had walked in there and fallen on the sword and been like, this is my fault. This environment is making me crazy. It's making me hostile. I said some really fucked up stuff that I didn't mean. And like, I understand that I affected her and I affected you and I'm sorry. I think she would have stood a chance of staying because he was into her. Like he did like her. And so it's like, she just, she handled it in entirely the wrong way. And this is the thing. If you're going to do shitty things and fuck with people, at least own up to it, which we'll get to later with MJ and Victoria. Everyone on the show has an incredible lack of self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, it was all this attempt to cover up her own shit and be like, well, I didn't, what I meant to say. And it's like, you aren't, you don't actually care about how you've affected people. You've cared that this has jeopardized your opportunity to stay on the show. Right. Uh, and it was very clear that that was the case. So, and that's why her comment in the beginning bothered me so much when she was like, I feel like I'm, I'm finally above people because to me, like when you make comments like that, that doesn't say to me like, oh, you're in love with Matt. You want to stay here for Matt. That says to me like, oh, you know that you're on a competition reality show and you want to stay and get more screen time so that you can get a FabFitFun deal. And you see it a lot more with The Bachelorette because not to generalize men, even though that's all we do here, but men in general do tend to be more competitive in nature on these types of shows. And so that kind of language, you see more on The Bachelorette of guys being like, I want to win. And like, th those were kind of the vibes that I was getting from Anna. And I was like, girl, as long as you didn't go home night one, you're probably going to at least get a fit tummy tea partnership. Like you're fine. Yeah. She's basically panicking because she's like, this jeopardizes my chance. And it's like, well, obviously like your actions have consequences. And one thing I took note of was in the hallway before she talks to Matt, MJ is like, there's not a toxic environment in the house. Like we have to make Matt feel better. He's feeling really down about whatever. And he has to know like the house is fine. MJ says you, you are one of the creators of the toxic environment in the house. She's like, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I don't know why anybody would find anything wrong. What is, well, it's because she mean? saw that he just sent Anna home and she knows she's also a part of the problem and he had no problem sending Anna home. So Right. She knows she was named. And another yeah. thing that bothered me about Anna's whole spiel is that she was like, 
the, I said the worst thing I could have possibly said. And I was like, you're just further confirming that you have this internalized bias against sex workers. It, it right. was horrible because it was a lie. It was horrible because you lied and you taught, you made it horrible. But right. being a sex worker or being a quote unquote escort is not the worst thing you could have said. And right. so it just was once again, her trying to cover her tracks, but digging her, her hole even deeper, at least to the perspective of the audience. Right. I think in terms of like worst thing I could have said about someone, I think the names Victoria used were much worse than what Anna said. It's not what she said. It's the fact that she stigmatized sex work. She shamed Brittany for something that wasn't true she lied and spread a rumor to the entire house. And yet Anna thinks the problem is simply that she used the word escort. And I'm like, that's not the issue, girlfriend. Furthest thing from the truth. It was Anna lit the fire. Victoria helped her pour gasoline on it. She's like, I said the worst thing I could have. No, you did the worst thing you could have because you lied about someone else in the house when you should have minded your fucking business. Right. I think the worst thing she could have said would have been like, hey, Britney is a serial rapist murderer. Like, okay, that's like, maybe the worst thing you could have said about her that wasn't. But at least she went out with fabulous hair. It was the best her hair had ever she, looked. I was yeah. mad that she looked that good. Cause I was like, damn, he's about to send you home and this is your best fit yet. I mean, you are killing it. So yeah. at least she could leave with that um, peace of mind. Like at least I looked amazing, but she's gonna, she's gonna be on paradise. They gave her the limo exit. Like, it's all fine. So then we get to public enemy number one, Victoria, who, spoiler alert, she leaves. Uh, well, he sends her home. She doesn't leave her of her own volition. But the most important thing for us to note here is that she leaves. This is the last time we see Victoria. And she couldn't even go out with a strapless bra. Like, she rode that nude bra with spaghetti strap right up till the very end. And it has pissed me off every time yeah at least it was nude this time and not black and I liked her dress I don't usually really like her outfits maybe that's a bias just against her because her personality is so egregious but I don't usually like her outfits at all but her dress tonight I was like okay loving the choice and then she turned around and her bra was showing and I was like I swear to god (laughs) (laughs) also he like couldn't be he couldn't hate her more Like when she sits down to talk to him, he literally looks disgusted. (laughs) He looks like he wanted to throw up. Victoria was like, I just want to, she, cause she pulls him aside after Anna gets sent home. She's like, oh fuck. Like I need to cover myself. She's like, let's go talk. And she kisses him on the cheek and he's like, okay. And then they're sitting down. I mean, he looked like he just ate a rancid radish and had to throw up so badly I mean he was looking at her like uh I'm sick to my stomach it was horrible it was so he was so aggressively not interested in her and it was so clear and it's been clear I mean we've been saying this for weeks but it was so aggressively clear in this moment it was like oh my god if he doesn't send her home this is all producers like and then we got a horrible moment where you just like this is when just like men never evolve like they literally turn 15 and they don't change after that um, because he's talking to her and any, any man, actually any woman, this is something only a woman would think to do. If I was going to you with something that you did that somebody else told me about the entire time, me being a sneaky bitch, I would say this person told me when this person came to me and Matt just casually goes, yeah, when Katie came to me and I was like, you fucking moron. Like I could literally hear the, like I was like, 
Victoria's gonna kill her. She's gonna kill her. He literally just kept naming girls around the house, like, oh, and then this girl said this, and then this girl said this, and dee, 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 dee. I was like, you have to stop <laughs> because you do not understand, first of all, who you're dealing with, but it doesn't even matter if it were anyone. It's like, do not name the girl who told you the information about the girl you're talking to. Obviously, Matthew, obviously, this is, this is lesson one stuff dude like you have to know better it doesn't matter who you're talking about it doesn't matter if it's like a girl or a guy or a anyone you have to just you can't you have to cover that identity like more than anything else in that conversation he just put a giant fucking target on her back also katie clearly came to him in confidence like she didn't even pull him aside at the date she followed him out of the venue where they were away from all the other girls so she could talk to him about this so i was like you are so dumb and like the way that he handled everything else surrounding this conversation i actually thought was great and very mature but this is what i'm saying like men don't evolve like he just (laughs) the rest of this conversation was like honestly the favorite my favorite moment like the best yeah I've seen him but that I was like Matt you have to know better you cannot just be naming <laughs> you cannot just be naming girls around the house right. because if Victoria were to stay like count your blessings she didn't but if she were she would have made Katie's life a living hell right so then he says my favorite thing that I've heard him say all season he calls Victoria out for calling Ryan a hoe And he says, you know, Ryan was really upset because she said that you called her a hoe and Victoria tries to cover her tracks. And she's like, that was taken out of context. And Matt cuts her off and says, I don't know what context calling someone a hoe would be appropriate in. And I was like, king, that is king behavior. I hate to give men any credit, but it was, I was like, shut her down. But roll the credits because that was amazing. It was great. I mean, it's, I mean, it was great. It was the bare minimum, but yeah, he, he finally fucking says something to her and she, and she does the classic thing, which we've seen now. I mean, she's one of three people this episode to do this where they're like, it was a joke. No, it wasn't. You You said it with your chest. You said that with your chest. Like you can't just say things and then later be like, well, I was totally joking when I called you a stupid whore. No, you weren't. I cried in my room for hours. You never apologize. Like she's a fucking idiot. She thinks that anything she says, because she's such a character, she can just later be like, well, I was kidding. No, you weren't. Go home. Well, so one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter is Emma Gray. She's a writer for the Huff Post and she hosts Here to Make Friends podcast, which is another Bachelor podcast. And I love following her on Twitter. And she tweeted, so basically Victoria, this whole thing happens and Victoria starts to just rapidly devolve because she knows she's on the chopping block. So she's like crying to producers, which by the way, fucking sent me that she had to just torture these producers with her rant because she literally doesn't have a single friend in the house now that Anna is gone. But also, like, maybe that they're not being forced. Because if I was a producer on this show, that's tea. Like, being the person she gets vented to. It's like, go on. Go on, babe. What no, I would 100% like, want to know all of it. But me. the reason I brought up um, yeah. Emma Gray is because she tweeted during this episode. And, I mean, she's just a queen. She tweeted, Victoria has fully collapsed into a puddle of white lady fragility this episode. And it's really not cute. And it's 100% true. It was big MAGA flag, all lives matter energy. She literally is so 
disillusioned that she was like, I am the best option for him. There is no other girl in that house who is right for him. And I was like, they've talked for like 45 seconds. Like we barely see them together. He's clearly like not into her. He's clearly very like, okay, bye. And she is just out there. Like nobody else in this house is even remotely right for him. And I am his soulmate. And you're like, She's like, I am the only person worthy of him. I'm the only good option. And I was like, okay, but there are girls in there wearing strapless bras, Victoria. I don't know who is feeding you this false information. You should not be friends with that producer anymore. Thank you so much. Anymore, Uh. anymore. And I, again, I have to stress this. I don't mean to make fun of Victoria's appearance. I've said it before. Victoria is beautiful. It's not that Victoria is an, is an unattractive person at all. And we're going to get to how she was recently body shamed. And I do not stand for that. I do not stand for weight shaming of any kind or body shaming, but this is not body shaming. This is you're wearing a dress that has spaghetti straps, get a strapless bra. Right. Like that, that's, that's not a critique on her body. That's no. a critique. On On her common sense and on television of all places. Like, just please do the work. It's fine. You'll be fine. Got a sweet tooth? We've got your fix. Elizabeth's Bake Shop of Brookfield is a new local shop that is currently offering decorating cookie kits. Fun for the whole family or between you and your special love. Celebrating Valentine's Day instead? Our producers at Chickadee have teamed up with Elizabeth's to bring you the Eat Your Heart Out box, celebrating the single life, including everything from sassy candy hearts to your ex's name on a cookie for you to smash or devour, which is something that is incredibly on brand for me and Emily. We would 100% be doing that. Order via Instagram at elizabeths.bakeshop and be on the lookout for other cookies they're offering. So basically we go to the rose ceremony and roses go to Brittany, Ryan, Rachel, Serena P, Maggie, MJ, Jasenia, Katie, Abigail, Chelsea, Serena C. Um, and some people from last week, this carryover every week is killing me. Some people already had roses. Who knows who? I think Brie. Uh, some of them did. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. So, Ch- like, Chelsea, maybe I don't know. Just to say, they've got roses. Uh, but but most notably, Mari goes home, who we've seen a little bit of, and of course they make Victoria walk out last to be dramatic, and <laughs> she does one of the most awkward things I've ever seen when someone doesn't get a rose. Most of the time, when people don't get roses, they do the polite hug and then they talk shit in the limo on the way out. Even if they're like super fucking pissed, they just talk shit in the limo. They're like, okay, well, thank you so much for having me. And then in the limo, they're like, he can fucking die. And you're like, okay, you're a psycho. Yeah. No, no, no. No. (laughs) Victoria stood there in front of him, didn't hug him. And she said, I feel bad for you, Matt, that you're going through this with only some of the information. I feel bad for you. And she didn't hug a single other girl. She didn't hug Matt. She didn't hug any of the girls. She just walked out to the limo. And Matt, to Matt's credit, Matt just fucking stared at her. Yeah. Like, cause psycho. Okay. Something's wrong with That's you. That's psychotic. Yeah. He was like, something is going then, on here and I don't care. I'm and not then one of my favorite moments of the episode is when she looks at the camera. She goes, I'm kind hearted, genuine, honest, hardworking, loyal. I'm so loyal. I'm not fake. Like, she was rattling off skills that she needed endorsed for her LinkedIn. It was so funny. Like, I just picture her on LinkedIn being like, kind, genuine, hardworking, good with Microsoft Office. Like, just rattling them off. Literally. Loves the Google suite. (laughs) 
like, and then she's like, I know the girls are devastated that I'm gone. I brought so much positivity and joy to the house and joy. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. I was losing my mind. I was like, what? You think you're what? You think you're joyful and positive? Okay. I think I'm a rockette. We're just saying things now. Absolute psycho behavior okay and you know what kills me as a society we reward people like victoria because tomorrow morning for the second time she's going on good morning america there are people that are like lovable angel runner-ups from this show that don't get to go on good morning america and victoria is going on for the second time yeah well and you think about what have we talked about this season victoria us twitter everyone all we talk about is victoria because she gets 50 percent of the screen time every fucking episode because they just can't help themselves i mean she's gotten more screen time than any of these other sweet nice girls like until this episode we haven't seen abigail in weeks so basically all we've seen is victoria and she gets rewarded for being absolutely out of her fucking mind i'm sorry off her rocker and then she says honestly like the most relatable thing I've ever heard in my life. And she looks at the camera and says, I'm never going to date another Matt again, which honestly tracks for a woman in her twenties swearing to never date a Matt again. I, I said, you know what? Is she wrong? (laughs) And I texted our group chat and I said, support group for women who have dated people named Matt. Victoria is obviously not invited, but she did make an excellent point when she said she'll never date someone named Matt again. I also We'll never date someone named Matt again. So I just think the toxic mats are such an interesting concept because in our group chat of three people that three women that work on this podcast, every single one of us had a toxic ex named Matt. Then multiple of my female friends texted me at that moment and were like points were made because they all have toxic exes named Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows a toxic yeah, Matt. Yeah. If they haven't dated one, they know one. And unfortunately, in our experience, we've gotten too close to Matt's. To the point where we're like, I will we've had literally never again date yeah. a Matt. And that is so upsetting yeah, to yeah. me. Knowing like I've let a Matt <laughs> inside me is like very much something that you can't come back from. <laughs> we're brave. And I don't blame her for never dating a Matt again. Is she in the wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Like 100%. She is wrong and Matt is right for sending her home. But I get what she's saying Points were about Matt's as a goal. So then we move into Rachel's one-on-one. Um, this date happens every season. It's the shopping date. Um, except normally they get to go to like a fabulous boutique in Los Angeles and pick out like 900 million cute clothes. But in this date, Rachel tries on 80s prom dresses. All of them look bad. And then she she tries <laughs> on the whole wardrobe from 16 Candles. Wait. And Matt is like, you are gorgeous. Also, we know that Rachel is like one of the youngest contestants on the season because she literally is dressed like she's about to make a TikTok. Like she's wearing like the gold hoops, middle part, low bun, only neutral colors. I was like, she freshly is going to make a TikTok in this boutique. And that's how we know she's one of the youngest contestants. Yeah, it was, I mean, I never really care for these dates, but I also never care for the way the guys act like they've never seen a woman before. Like- a straight man acting like I've never in my life seen anyone so gorgeous. And it's like, okay, I mean, she looks good. I'm not discrediting that. She looked beautiful, but like Kayla said, these are 80s prom dresses. This was not groundbreaking. But then the show, not Matt, these were not from Matt. Uh, the show gifts Rachel Louboutin, right? It hurt. 
The reason that I hated this date was not because of what the date was. It wasn't because of the dresses. It wasn't even because of the shoes. It was because Rachel is boring. And I feel like we should talk about it. It's I'm just judging based on the edit they've given her. There's just not a lot going on. I don't see a connection really other than she's pretty. He's pretty two pretty people then we go to the night portion and learn nothing um except matt asks her because i guess she told him at some point she's never been in love he asks her why and she does the thing that so many pretty girls do and i have pretty girl friends that do it that they're like i'm just not confident in myself and I'm not trying to doubt anybody's insecurities about themselves. Like pretty people obviously have insecurities and I get that. But at the end of the day, Rachel is not insecure. He has said it since day one that the thing he likes the most about her is her quiet confidence. In one of my favorite standups by Eliza Schlesinger, she starts talking about how she just wants hot people to admit when they're hot. Like, she's like, we would all save time if you just admitted that you're hot. And it's exactly that. Like, I'm just like, you're not... You know you're hot, you're confident in yourself, and that's fine, that's great, own it. There can be other reasons you've never been in love that are not- A lie. I'm not confident. (laughs) That are not an absolute illusion. So you you can actually be too confident, and that's why you haven't been in love. That's okay to say, but it was just this weird, yeah, her trying to be, I'm relatable, I'm just not confident in myself. I'm like, I don't believe that for a second. And a lot of the reason why I don't believe that we'll get into later in this episode when we get to the gossip section. But just based on her Instagram, based on what we've seen this season, I'm like, I just don't, I know that Instagram is all a show. I know that these things are all edited and fake and we all use filters and that's great. But seeing the things someone posts, seeing the way someone acts on TV, of all the things that you can determine about a person, you can pretty much determine whether or not they are confident. So then basically we learn nothing on the night portion of the date. We don't learn anything about her. But one thing I will, I will give to her credit is that I don't think she tried to do the thing that you and I talk about hating where people try to make up something to be a sob story. She didn't do that. She wasn't like, hey, my dog died when I was six and it's affected me every day since. Like she was, she was pretty normal. It was fine. It just makes for boring TV, which is fine. Yeah. So it was basically just her being like, I'm insecure and us being like, no, you're not. And then Matt being like, you are the love of my life. Right. He sure. totally con- affirms her. She says she's falling in love with him. And she's like, is that crazy? And he's like, no, I feel the same way. So we might as well just end the season now. But then we go to a group date. So we see Rachel get these fabulous Louboutins, have this amazing dinner. Oh, before we get off the Rachel subject, at dinner, they sent her on the blue dress to wear. And she obviously wore them with the Louboutins because she should never take those off her feet for as long as she lives. And she was rocking a middle part, which I understand this is the thing. Like, this is the Gen Z TikTok. Like, we all have to have middle parts thing (laughs) I get it but this is the thing like I suffer from a really tragic um disease called chubby face syndrome and due to that I will never be wearing a middle part I can't even stress how bad I look and they're like that's how you know someone's old (laughs) like if they're wearing their hair in a side part and I was like so be it Bitch, put put some gray on me, slap some wrinkles on, and call me an, an elderly lady. I don't care. If my if my side part makes me old, so fucking be it. I will die on this hill, and in my casket, I will have a side part. None of you can see this. This is an audio medium, but basically, we both just gave each other, we gave ourselves middle parts. We both looked 
terrible to prove our point. So, so then we go on a farming anyway. date. So Rachel gets these fabulous Louboutins and then these girls have to like dig farm animal shit up. And they start by showing us this guy named Farmer Todd who truly has no idea how he got on The Bachelor. He looks so confused. They were like, can we come to your farm? He's like, not, no, not really. No, I'm not really okay with that. And they were like, great, we'll be great. We're going to COVID test you 16 times and you have to bubble for two and a half months. So we'll be there. Right. So then they're all doing these like little farmy tasks and MJ is just really doing the most to stand out. And at one point she's like chasing him with an egg in her hand and he fully sprints away from her into the interview Piper is doing with the producer to make out with her for no less than four minutes. And Piper says, like, you're going to get in trouble. Like, the other girls are going to be mad at you. And he just, like, doesn't give a fuck, keeps making out with Piper. And all the other girls were mad. (laughs) Yeah. And I love to see it. I love Piper. I was like, good for her. Then we go to the night portion of the date, and he pulls Chelsea to talk first. You could tell he's into Chelsea. That's why he pulls her first. And that makes sense because Chelsea's a queen. So I'm very happy that he's finally developing taste in some of these women. And then we see something just like so heartbreaking. I just want to put her in my pocket. She's so damn cute. Abigail is starting to get insecure because she hasn't, she got that first impression rose, but she hasn't really gotten much time with him since. And so she's nervous. He's starting to lose interest, whatever. And I actually felt really bad for Abigail during this because I feel like she felt as though she had to reveal something really personal to keep his attention And this is clearly something that she would have preferred to share on a one-on-one date. But I think, and I understand why she felt the pressure that she felt. Like, it's kind of getting down to the wire of, like, some of the last one-on-ones before hometowns. And Abigail hasn't had one yet. And so she's kind of like, oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. I have to open up to him. Otherwise, I might not stay. They said earlier in the episode, it's like we're over halfway through, which is insane because there's still 47 women left. Yeah. So basically what she tells Matt is that um, she's talked about this before, about how her sister is also deaf and how uh, she, she basically goes into telling Matt about how there's a good chance that if she has biological children, that her children will also be deaf because that's a dominant gene. And Matt is like super understanding. And then she goes on to reveal that her dad actually left her family when she was really young and Abigail and her sister have kind of always attributed it to the fact of like the stress of having two deaf daughters and all that like kind of just all the burden that comes with that or what Abigail views as a burden and so she's she kind of reveals that she's hesitant that if she gets married and has a child that's also deaf that her partner would make the same choice that her dad did which is heartbreaking devastating heartbreaking just so sad and like you said I feel bad that she felt like she like had to reveal something deep because that's how this show works but yeah because I'm sure she would have talked to Matt about that if she'd gotten a one-on-one and like they could have more time to talk about it but it just sucks that she feels like she has to reveal these like really personal things because she hasn't gotten that time so right I felt bad but she gets the group date rose because can you imagine if he didn't give her the group date rose and and Matt touches on again as like he talked about at the beginning of the season how he didn't grow up with his father around and he talks about how it doesn't scare him it doesn't make him less likely to be with her it actually makes him invested in her and care about her more which is great so he gives her the rose because of her you know opening up before Abigail gets the rose he pulls MJ and basically says that some of the girls have 
given her name when talking about the toxic environment in the house. Which she knew was coming. That's why she's been panicking the whole episode. Like, right. Which is like why she's been trying to cover her ass, why she's been trying to get so much attention. So she knew, but he basically brings it up to her and she's But she like, acts like this is the first she's ever heard of it. Yeah. She's like, I have never in my life, what is bullying? Define bully. I don't even know what a bully is. I'm a positive, beautiful light. I am the North Star of this house. So she is like shocked. She's just, ah, oh, how dare you? And they have this conversation and he doesn't like send her home or anything, but he's like, this is what has been brought to my attention. So she goes back to the girls and is like, it is Matt just said to me, some of you have name dropped me. I am opening the floor to discussion as if she's like fucking running some type of- A sorority chapter meeting. Yeah, this, oh my God. This whole episode is the most sorority shit ever. But she was like, literally like, okay, I'm opening the floor. So how are we all feeling? Like the mediator of some event. And the girls are all quiet for a second because they're like, yeah, you literally are the reason that the house- And like you scare us. (laughs) Yeah, like we don't talk to you. And then Jasenia, Jasenia we have seen very little of, but she has been around since day one. And we have no reason to dislike her. We have no reason to be, you know, standing her, but we don't know. She seems great. Jasenia- is like, I brought up your name with Matt because you said that there was a varsity and a JV in the house pertaining to the varsity being the OGs, quote unquote, as they claim themselves. And the the JV was all the new girls that came in last week. And Jasenia is one of the OGs. She's been here since day one, but she was like, it wasn't fair of you. It put them in a weird place. And I didn't like the way that you talked about it. And MJ was like, well, that was all said and good fun and kind hearted. But again, like with Victoria, it's like, you're going to claim to say these things as jokes, but they're not jokes. Like you're not joking. Right. right. <laughs> you're just. And also that's why I forget. I think it was Ryan. I forget which one of the new girls it was, but she was like, okay, it would have been a joke. Like if you said it once, but right. like you, you keep repeating it over and over and over again. And when it's all we hear all the time, like. That's not a joke. Right. Like, And we see MJ say these things over and over too. It's not just, oh, they only edited it so that she said it once and the girls are just saying things. No, we've seen MJ over and over repeatedly since last episode, just be mean about the new girls. Be like, And then Katie jumps in and it's like, you're covering your tracks because you know, you're wrong. <laughs> Basically, as Katie's been saying the whole episode. And they're both like, you did say these things and you don't get to say now that they're a joke just because you're being put under the microscope. Right. And it was very similar to earlier in the episode with Anna when she was like, I just said something like one time and we were like, Anna, like we've got foot. And that's why later in the episode, we'll get to it. But Jasenia says, I love that she called attention to it when she's bickering with MJ later in the episode. She said, MJ keeps saying, Matt's going to find out the truth tonight. Matt's going to find out the truth tonight. And Jasenia goes, no, Matt's going to find out the truth when all this airs. And I loved that she called attention to that because I feel like they forget that like, they have footage of the of you people all day, every day. Like, you don't think this is all going to air? And even if, we don't know how this date is going to end, and we'll touch on it more later, but even if MJ stays, Matt is going to know what happened sooner or later. Whether right. that happens next episode or whether that happens next week, make no mistake, like, he yeah. will find out what has 
happened he'll know about victoria he'll know about anna and he will know about mj so yeah absolutely love that energy from her but basically that's what we get on the group date mj is like how dare you tarnish my good name i mean i am nothing but a light and a goddess and a queen and i bring positivity and joy to everybody which is like oh no no you forgot her very keyword i preach harmony i can't i can't she she gives me very like toxic cool girl energy of like like not I don't even know how to explain it like she's not a genuine cool girl in the sense of like she's she's calm and she's chill and she has these like great vibes or whatever like that's the way that she dresses and the way that she talks and the way that she acts but she she personality wise she's not very different than like the Annas and the Victorias no she's very toxic cool girl in the way that she would act very chill and then force you to smoke cigarettes and join a cult She's like, I'm cool. And using that coolness, you are going to worship this crazy man with a beard and a mustache who I also worship and join this cult that I'm in. That is the energy that she provides for us. She's a cool girl in front of Matt. Right. And then it uh, switch flips in front of the well, girls. And we were there for it. I mean, we were like cool girl vibes because she delivered the pizza night one. And we were like, yay, pizza. I like pizza, cool girl vibes. <laughs> and then she's like, no 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 hold my beer turns into cool girl who's also really good at witchcraft so she basically has twisted all of this around and made everyone mad we're gonna get to the last little bit of mj in a little bit but basically uh we don't have much to say about the one-on-one that kit gets because i checked and it aired from 842 to 848 they gave her one-on-one date six minutes of airtime it might be the shortest amount of time they've ever given a one-on-one date on this show. And that's why I texted Emily going into it because I saw how little time we had left in the episode. And I was like, I don't think Kit is going to get the rose because they're not giving very much time to show her date. But they did. No, and she did get the rose. We just literally saw, we, we listened to Kit complain about her privileged life. Um, we, saw, we, we saw Matt pretend to clean his room. As if he has ever had to dust the room. Like you, ha- I know you have cleaning people. It's not the yeah. La Quinta. It's the Nema colon. Yeah. We know they have people to clean your room, Matt. Yeah, I, I just like literally Kit. I feel like I learned nothing about Kit. And I understand that people like Kit. And I don't dislike Kit. But I just thought the way that they edited her was very weird. She was like, you know, like it's really hard growing up in the public eye. And I'm like, okay, Northwest. <laughs> like calm down. Literally, like- the date itself was cute like basically she talks about how she had confided in Matt or told Matt or whatever it's not really a confession that um the thing that bonds her and her mom is that they love to cook together and like her kind of happy place is cooking with her mom and so he quote he remembered that aka production remembered that and they set it up in his Nima Colon Lodge to make dinner together and it was cute it was a very cute date it was a very chill date but it aired for six minutes so I don't really know what happened on it but, must have gone well enough because she got the rose so right it's good staying so basically we end the episode we kind of already touched on this but prior to the cocktail party uh matt the aka production decides that mj and jesenia absolutely must have a two-on-one prior to the cocktail party and the thing about that is that two-on-ones back in the day i used to like 
like when we left Olivia Caridi on a stranded island in the middle of the Bahamas. Like that was iconic. No, I love Olivia Caridi. Like she got done dirty on that date, but like those were the two on ones that I was living for. The last few seasons, two on ones, they've just been like, hey, um, so can you show up 15 minutes early to the cocktail party? It's literally a classic, can you swing by my apartment before I go to the bar so I can break up with you? Like, this is your college boyfriend calling you over so that he can dump you before he goes out with his frat brothers and drinks like a fish. If you had told me a day ago, if you told me yesterday, MJ and Jasenia go on a two-on-one, I would have shit myself. Are you kidding me? I thought it would be Victoria and Katie. That would be Anna yeah. and Katie. I thought it would be even Victoria and Anna trying to pit two besties against each other. I don't know. They chose, they said, no, 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 no two-on-one for those two villains. They're gone in the beginning, but let us do the most random two-on-one this show has ever seen, Jasenia and MJ. Well, that's why like with Victoria, I really thought Victoria was going to go home on a two-on-one as well. Cause that's how the villain always goes home is on a two-on-one. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like a Victoria and Katie two-on-one would be iconic. And also like Victoria for as much hype as she got this season, she really did get an anticlimactic exit. Like oh, yeah. villains usually kind of go out with a little bit of like flair and like, she just went home in a rose ceremony and made a big deal out of it. So I did kind of expect that she would go home on a two-on-one, but no, we were hand-delivered the world's most random two-on-one. And basically we already touched on some of it. Like Jasenia is saying the truth is going to come out when it airs, but the big notable takeaway is just that MJ is just gaslighting the shit out of her. And it's really disappointing to see. And I appreciate that Jasenia stands her ground because I think Jasenia is kind of shy and reserved. And I think a person like Jasenia could crumble really quickly when someone like MJ is just like coming at them. Yeah, and MJ's whole thing is like, you caused, you put my character into question to make yourself look better. And if anybody is gonna do that, it is not Jasenia. Right. As far as we know, like Jasenia is not someone who has ever used someone else to be like, let me boost myself. Like she's chilling. She has no reason to do that. Because if she wanted to get ahead, she would have done with what she would have done what all the other girls did and shit on the new girls. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. So basically we get left on a cliffhanger. We're going to get five minutes of it at the start of next episode. Like we did with Noah and Bennett and then it'll be over. So yeah. we'll see. God. Today we are talking about my friend Emma and her amazing embroidery shop, Emma the Brave Shop. She makes the cutest handmade princess dress embroidery. They are perfect for the princess lover in your life. If that's you, totally get it. Same. I got a Princess Leia embroidery from her and I am so obsessed with it. It's so cute and so dainty and it looks so, so adorable in my room. So please go check her out on Instagram at Emma the Brave Shop. From there, you can go see her Etsy page. You can see what she has left, all of her amazing designs. They're so meticulous. They're so beautiful. And she has a design for any of your favorite princesses. So go check it out. Now we're to the only part that we came here for tonight. The only part we cared about, which is the tea. The so tea. we just, so we're going to start with stuff pertaining to the season. And then at the end, we'll kind of go on a random a little segue, but basically yeah. let's kick it off. I would, I might put a spoiler notice on this. Yeah. Just because there are some rumors about who wins this season. And we are going to talk about one of those people. 
So if you prefer to remain spoiler-free, this would be a good time to end the podcast. And you're not missing any juicy, juicy gossip about other things. I mean, it's literally Hannah B got a boyfriend. Dylan Barber went on Twitter and ranted. You can go on Twitter and look at his rant. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. So that being said, basically, um, Rachel, there have been rumors that Rachel wins. This is not even necessarily confirmed by Reality Steve at this point. He made a post about it, but that being said, he made like 17 posts about Tasha's finale, so this could change. But yeah. it is rumored that Rachel wins the season, and there has been some controversy since the beginning with Rachel because when she first went on, right after night one, a girl made a TikTok of Rachel and Matt talking on night one, and she was like, funny to see you here when you used to make fun of girls at our school for dating black guys. And I know we have some listeners of this podcast who don't watch the show. Rachel is white. Matt is black. Rachel is also from Georgia, which not that, you know, everybody from Georgia is a racist, but she is from one of the most predominantly wealthy and white counties in Georgia. So this girl makes a TikTok being like, used to make fun of girls for dating black guys, but okay. And Rachel's friends like all ganged up on this girl on TikTok. And they were basically like, that's not true. Like you're just trying to start shit, whatever. And the girl basically got bullied into taking it down. Yeah, basically all her friends were like, that's not true. And then she took it down. So we were all like, okay, that might've just been a weird- That might've been just like someone posting it for clout, like whatever. Right. So then more stuff has surfaced because as everyone does with social media, once a fire gets started- People are going to start digging for shit and it's shit they have found when it comes to Rachel. And basically um, people have dug up stuff of Rachel culturally appropriating Native American culture in quote unquote Indian Halloween costumes, liking posts of her friends in MAGA hats. She's not posted in a MAGA hat, but she has liked a lot of posts of people in MAGA hats. And People have looked up her voter registration records. They've looked up her parents' Facebooks where they've posted very much in support of Trump. They also, Rachel has also reposted things that are very much QAnon conspiracy, um, which is not great because QAnon and and like Prager and, and kind of resources like that, people kind of repost because they see something and they're like, yeah, that's wrong. And then they repost it. So it's not necessarily that Rachel like knowingly was like, this is super problematic. Let me say it. But these resources that she has reposted from are very much very, very right-wing, very problematic resources. Right. And this is where I kind of toe the line with certain things, because this is, this is my thing at the end of the day. I am obviously liberal. I, I am all for holding people accountable for their actions. That being said, her parents, her sister, her friends, they're all private citizens. They did not sign up to be on The Bachelor. And so I'm all for holding Rachel accountable for her actions and having her speak on some of these things. But when it comes to hunting down her family and her friends and stuff like that, like these are private citizens who did not sign up to be internet trolled. And Rachel doesn't deserve to be internet trolled either. Like I'm, I'm all for holding people accountable, but at the same time, there's a difference between holding people accountable and just trolling people. And like, don't get me wrong. 
her parents sound like they have garbage beliefs. So I'm not trying to say that what they believe is great, but I am saying if y'all want to keep watching the bachelor for years to come, you need to stop trolling people on the internet or people are going to stop signing up to go on the show. So, cause I mean, it is getting a little bit out of, out of control with Rachel. So I hope that especially if she does end up with Matt, that she is held accountable for some of the things that she's supported. I always like knowing the political beliefs of these people. I like knowing the political beliefs of any like influencer that I follow because it's important to me. I don't want to follow creators who don't believe certain people should fucking exist. However, they had a whole episode on this last season or last year. Don't go bullying the contestants directly or in their DMs being like, you should fucking die because of this and this and this. That's not okay. You're sinking to the level that you believe that they are at. If you believe that this person is so horrible, you don't need to sink to this level of like, I should tell them that they should die. Just mind your fucking business. Can you imagine having so much time on your hands that you're just like sitting on your couch one day and you're like, I'm going to DM a bachelor contestant that they should rot right. in hell. Like, right. why do you have like, so much time? I think, that, I think that Mitch McConnell should rot in hell. I'll write him a letter about it. That's fine. But I don't think like these people are on fucking reality TV. Like, how do you have the time for this? Right. It just doesn't make sense. We don't know Rachel. We know a portrayal that we see of her on TV. We know a portrayal of her that we see on her Instagram. And now we have this portrayal of her that we've seen on this whole fucking section of TikTok. And Reddit. There's a big Reddit. Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Reddit, I like Reddit for certain things, but when it comes to some stuff, Reddit is like the seventh circle of hell. Like people just really go insane on Reddit. But regardless, that's the Rachel situation. We'll keep you updated as more unfolds. So basically, no, we don't agree with the things that she supposedly Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. Yeah. At all. But we don't know that she believes these things and she hasn't outright spoken about them and it's okay if you want to do your research if you want to look into her if you want to look at the things she believes I get it I am the same way I want to know what these people believe but do not dm her death threats that's fucking tacky and that's horrible of you so (laughs) first that's all we have to say it's like you are allowed to want to know more about these people because they are on your television but you are not allowed to use that in a way that is violent or harmful towards anybody Speaking of harmful toward people, even though she's the worst person we know, the next bit of gossip uh, is about Victoria. And there was a video that went around um, of Matt James, Tyler Cameron, and they were just hanging out with their friends. And one of the guys in the video makes a really crude comment about Victoria body shaming her. And in a very disappointing move, Matt and Tyler laugh at the joke. And... This made me upset for a lot of reasons. First of all, you shouldn't body shame anybody. That's that's self-explanatory. Don't talk about people's bodies. I know that like we make jokes about her needing concealer, but we're not like being disgusting about like her weight or anything like that. Second of all, The Bachelor, now they are starting to incorporate more people of color and that's awesome. But one thing that they really still miss the mark on is incorporating people who are above a size two. And we see no body representation on this show whatsoever. Victoria, if I had to make a guess, is probably a size six. But by the standards of this show, that's a bigger contestant. And so it's like Victoria for a lot of people, even though she's horrible, might be one of the first bodies that they have seen on this show that they're like, oh, like that kind of looks like me. And 
guys like Matt James and Tyler Cameron are so hot and they feel so unattainable. And so to see them laughing at a woman with a more normal body type, it makes them seem like the douchey guys that you, you assume that guys that look like them are. Right. And it was so disheartening. And he went on Good Morning America like two days later, or maybe it was the talk or the real, I don't know, one of them. And when he was asked about it, he basically just said, you know, that was wrong, whatever. And then what I didn't like, and I know it sounded like a very publicisty kind of answer. His response was, yeah, you've got to be really careful who you spend your time with. Don't throw it on your friend. Like, no, you fucking laughed at the joke. Like own up to the fact that you were in the wrong. Do not try to make it solely your friend's fault. Like, I didn't like that. No, I don't like that at all because you laughed at it. And this is someone he's acting like you have to be careful you spend your time with. He's still going to spend time with that person who said it. Oh, for sure. sure. It's not like, oh, well, I cut that person off because that was such a terrible thing to say. No, you're still going to hang out with that person. It's about accountability. It's about being like, you know what? What he said was wrong. And we all are trying to learn from this and whatever. I also hate when people make statements like that because I'm like, are you really? Yeah. So that was that situation, really disappointing. Um, But on a lighter note concerning Matt James, if you do not follow Matt James on TikTok, you absolutely need to because he has been making a joke about his one-on-one with Serena where they were making charcuterie boards and she had to explain to him what a charcuterie board was. He has been making TikToks where he refers to them as charcuterie boards. (laughs) And they're all so funny and it is prime content if you do not follow him go follow him. it's hilarious and Uh, what's discouraging about it is that we don't see that side of his personality on the show like he very clearly has a sense of humor and we just don't get to see it yeah we really get to see and we get to see endless b-roll of him chopping down trees in the woods but we don't get to see the man make a joke shirtless running in pennsylvania there's no way it's freezing the last little bit of hot goss that i wanted to say was I know some of our listeners um Matt James season is the first season that they're joining us for and it's a good one I'm not gonna lie it's a good one to join us for but we're gonna travel back in time for a moment to Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette this was what feels like forever ago but it was actually the most recent Bachelorette before this past season it just aired forever ago because of COVID on the show was a contestant named Dylan. He didn't make it super far on Hannah Brown's season, but then he went on to be on Paradise where he met um, Hannah Godwin. They are engaged. They're really cute. And he's funny. Dylan is controversial because some people think that he's just like a clout chaser and like he's just a thirst monster, which, yeah. Why does anybody go on the show other than to do that? Yeah. But basically, he went unhinged. He went on Twitter and he basically just said, like, cancel ABC and The Bachelor. Like, I'm ready to burn some bridges and spill some tea. And so people were asking him questions pertaining to the franchise, like, how much control do producers have over this element of the show? Is this part staged? Blah, 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 blah. And he went on to answer very honestly. Like, he answered a lot of people's questions. He basically said that unless the lead really, really likes somebody, the producers have basically total say over who stays and goes. He really went in on this and he answered a lot of questions. And one of them was, who do you feel from your season was the most wronged by the franchise? And he replied, Jed. If you did not watch Hannah Brown's season, Jed won Hannah Brown's season. They got engaged. And then we found out that he had had a girlfriend back at home the entire time that he did not break up with prior to coming on the show. 
So Dylan says that he feels Jed was the most wronged. And Jed was also a musician and basically kind of admitted to coming on the show to get famous, like to get his music to take off. His music is garbage too. So he didn't do well in that regard. But he basically, Dylan says that he felt Jed was the most wronged by production. The person replied and said, why are you saying he didn't cheat on Hannah? And Dylan said, yes. Very brief answers. So basically what this is implying is that somehow production sabotaged Jed and Hannah's relationship. Now, this is my confusing thing about Dylan. Um, It's all still up. So, like, if you want to go read all the tea and all the tweets, like, it's all still on his Twitter. Just search Dylan Barber. But I think what was confusing to me about this is that Dylan is a Bachelor success story. Like, Dylan met his fiance, who he loves, on Paradise. He got a free, huge engagement ring out of it. He gets brand deals up the ass. The man drives a Tesla and bought a house in San Diego. Why are you biting the hand that feeds you? This is exactly what I was screaming to my sister this morning because it was so, I I get it. There are a lot of flaws in this franchise. Dylan is going to be like, (laughs) he never did anything wrong. Like the girlfriend that Jed supposedly had during the season has shown receipts of these things. Like I'm like, okay, I don't know what to believe, but- of course you're going to defend your friend. Uh, I have two more little pieces of gossip that we don't need to touch on at all, except just to mention them. Victoria has gone to jail is one thing. I don't really care about that, but like, and water is wet and grass is green and the sky is blue. And then also Hannah B has a new boyfriend. We don't know literally anything about him. We saw like his literal profile and some fucking FBI agents we're like, this is who it is. This is his entire profile. This is everything about him. I don't know how they did it, but she has a new boyfriend. We're very happy for her. Good for her because we do love Hannah B here on this podcast. So that's a controversial take that we love Hannah B, but we do love Hannah B. We do. She's not my favorite bachelorette ever. I didn't like love yeah. her as the bachelorette, but I do like her and I'm happy that she has a boyfriend. Because Hannah B, I, Hannah B is definitely the type of person that like she has put a lot of her happiness in not just having a boyfriend, but like finding her lifelong partner. And like she has stressed that that is what she wants for herself first and foremost. So if she's one step closer to getting that, then I'm happy for her. Love it so much. Roll Tide. So that's the gossip we have. A lot of gossip. Half this episode was gossip because nothing happened, but. Well, everything yeah. happened in the first three minutes and then the rest of the episode, nothing happened. So it was trash. So that's that. Thanks for listening. Please go leave us a review only if it's nice. As you guys already know, the mean ones will be deleted. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram at don't insult my podcast. Send us small business ideas. If you have a small business you want us to shout out, we are always more than happy to hear and look into them and love them. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We're always looking for Etsy shops to spend money in. Always. Let me tell you, if I can waste my money, I will. Bye, everybody. Bye.